0: Hey guys, thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Startup Diary podcast. This is a very tactical show where we dig into the business model canvas. Make sure that you're a point where you can play and pause and do the work as we work through it. Enjoy.
1: Hey guys, and welcome to episode 310 of the Startup Diary. I am Harrison Mudge, and I'm with my co-host, Adam Callum.
0: And if this is your first time listening to the show, this is where we share what it's truly like to build a small business. We're six years in the making, everything from consulting, bootstrapping, seed funding, venture capital. We've done it all and we've made so many mistakes along the way and we're trying to help you avoid the same mistakes that we make. Harry, what is in store for the listeners on today's Why are you laughing?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Because I was expecting you to just go on for another five minutes and then be like, actually, let's cut all that out and keep it refined. (laughs) But I go into that when I'm in more of a. You can tell, like, when I. To get to your point in the last
0: show on Friday. I stepped into my show's lounge position. That's when I feel like I could just talk. Uh, (laughs) Now I'm sat up, I'm focused, I'm not standing up because it makes me out of breath all of a sudden. Uh, What's today's show?
1: Today's show, Adam, is the business model canvas. This is from, or following on from a previous show, 304. I need a business idea. And why did we do that show that
0: that was a listener question that was a listener
1: question from lee woodgate and even myself and i'm sure many other people have kind of asked themselves or or whatever the same question is everyone can tell you the concept of of a lifestyle business or earning extra income whatever you want to call it but sometimes the hardest thing is the idea itself i know i need something to sell to make me money but how do i have the vision we mentioned the uh, i can't remember what it was it was an analogy of like the glasses i need the i need the vision if i can't get the vision how do i get the glasses that was it was it so wise (laughs) anyway so this brings us on to you mentioned the business model canvas where it should give us a i'm again going off of what i remember you saying but this should give us the vision the way to analyze a product a thing a service and see if it's possible to make a Business out of it, basically. Hundred percent, and
0: I guess to give some some context is, I first got introduced to the business model canvas. So when I when I started my entrepreneurial journey, uh, way back when. So I feel like I feel like I'm old in this game right now. I'm like, (laughs) after seeing that six year anniversary on Facebook last week, I'm like, oh, I've been been around this block a few times. Uh, LinkedIn, you mean? LinkedIn. Thank you. (laughs) <laughs> so need some more caffeine I promise the rest of the show will be more factually correct uh, but on that note I was uh, you actually just said something and there's no point really listening to all the shows until you've got the idea uh, and I guess we've sort of come back full circle so what I'd advise people do is listen to 304 mm-hmm. listen to this and then go back and listen to the rest of the shows and apply some of the learnings because if you're still at the stage where like me I was in a day job and I wanted to learn more about how to how to physically go through the ideation stages, and then how to map that out. And everyone told me you need a business plan. I'm like, fuck, that sounds like work. Sounds so like-
1: you so you actually looked at how do I make a business, not- uh,
0: No, I, I went through the process of, I actually Googled how do I do a business plan? Because uh, that it was-, was what,
1: what made you, what, what? where did you hear you need a business plan? Just like all the,
0: the podcast, everything that I was listening to at that point, because I was out on the road, area sales manager driving around the country, listening to the podcast. Mm and when i was trying to like find shows that really took you back to basics of like let's go through stage 1 ideation cool muscles get the idea going mm. then it's like cool you've got all these ideas how do you map this against a potential business i'm like great everyone's like you need a you need a business plan so i was like well that sounds really boring but you need to mm. learn how to do it uh, i actually then said what's mo- some cuz i know, i learn my doing so and because i know that i was like well what events can i go to that's like businessy that i can learn this stuff from so i actually went to something called launch 48 mhm so it was, uh, it was run by a chap called Simon Jenner, a friend of mine, um, and the, the concept was really simple, is if you're interested in business, you're an entrepreneur, or if you already have your own business, it was a way to meet like-minded people. And you basically ran a 48 hour sprint. So it was build a business in 48 hours. So the, the process started with like 30 people in a room and you pitch an idea. And I can't remember what the ideas we pitched were or what we were involved with, but we pitched an idea uh, and it's not what you do in your core job. It has to be something new. So we'd take turns. Everyone that wanted to pitch would pitch. Some people just sat back and waited to join a team. They voted on the best ideas and then they became team leaders. And then it was like, cool, who wants to join that team? And they put their hands up and they'd say, well, you're a sales guy, you're a marketing guy, you're a developer, go join that team. And then split you up into teams. So then you had to basically build the business in 48 hours, hence launch 48. Mm-hmm. The key thing that I took away from that was the introduction to this business model canvas, because it was a fast way to identify what your business plan is without having to go through the formality of writing down pages and pages and pages. And it allowed you to work collaborative as a team, which was super important for us, join that 40 hour exercise, to basically say, actually, if we're gonna roll this out, what are the key things that we need to know and what does that look like? Let's put it on paper and let's see, actually, are there too many like holes in this plan and how do we plug them? Or is this a non-starter? We need to find a, a, another idea or another way of making money for this, for this idea.
1: So that's where I first got introduced to it. Cool. So you actually shared a link with me, uh, which I've just pulled up, which literally is just a, a it's basically a Google search yep. for the business model canvas. It pulled up a bunch of images. Uh, we've gone on the one that you linked to, which uh, again is just an image by strategizer.com. I like. Uh, by the way, I, I linked that one specifically because um,
0: what I recommend everyone doing is when they listen to this is go and find like a high-res image and mm. just save it and then print it.
1: And yeah, it, th- this is literally what looks like a, a printable document or sh- it's a scan of a printed document. Perfect. So. so, and then try and print it. What I do is mm-hmm.
0: I, I try and find someone that's got, my brother's now got one, but try and find someone that's got an A3 printer. Mm-hmm. You want this thing as big as possible yeah. because you just want to put it on a table and then work through it. The one that you should be looking at, and I'm not, it's not on my screen in front of me, it should have the areas blocked out, but inside yeah. there should be bullet points. Yeah. as sort yeah. of example, perfect. So what we're going to do just... So I don't wanna take up too much time on people's show today because this is all about actually just getting your hands on the business model canvas and doing this work. And even if you're in business and you're like me, you've been in business for six years, I do advise you going through this exercise because it will really help you define everything in your business. Okay?
1: So let's work through the blocks. So what's the, what's the first block, H? So the first block, by the way, I'll put the link to this in the show notes as well if anyone wants to just click on it. So, uh, But yeah, the first one, the first block is key partners.
0: What we'll do, because I've just realized when I said first block, I remembered the way this is laid out and I remembered the process that I went through. Like what we started to do was sort of uh, start in the center. So the right-hand side of that is all around sort of like channels and, and revenue. And the left-hand side of that is all about what you need to do to drive that mm-hmm. so the, the sort of the probably the first most important thing to look at is the value proposition
1: okay so we're going straight down the middle for the first one then value propositions value propositions so this is where if you've got a
0: business idea it's actually what is the what is the concept of uh, how you're driving value for your potential customers so value is normally the exchange of money for what you sell so a good question to ask yourself here is sort of what is the problem that I'm solving? Uh, And why would someone want to pay to have this problem solved? As in, what's their underlying motivator for fixing this problem? So an example for us would be, uh, we offer a website package for trades professionals, okay? So what is the value proposition that we drive? They want to be found online, and right now they're being bombarded with loads of expensive fees and jargon, and they don't really understand what they're buying. So that, like, our value proposition for the trade is they want to be found online because they understand that's where their customers go, okay? Mm -hmm. Value proposition. Is that clear? Yeah. Cool. That's the fairly simple one. That's the... When you come up with an idea that's normally the thing that you you know is a problem in the world that you're trying to fix.
1: Yeah, like and, and just we won't, we won't touch on it with all of them, but just for this one, for example, it's got those questions like what value do we deliver to the customer? Which one of our customers' problems are we helping solve? Then there's also characteristics, so newness, performance, customization, and it goes on.
0: Like it. I can't see those. So if you want to keep jumping in with those throughout as we go okay. through this that section, that'd be amazing. Cool. Uh, next one I want to dig into is the customer segments. okay. Uh, So this is basically trying to understand who you're trying to target because uh, a million people say, well, my product's mass market and it's relevant to everyone. That's like the death of every business Mm -hmm. because no product should start off mass market because it just costs too much money. So I guess the the things that I've written down in front of me um, is... Take consideration like who who's the who's the person that this problem most affects, that it's gonna be the easiest person to to market to and get them to pay for your service. Like who are they, where are they based, what are their age, what do their characteristics look like? And it's all about building personas of actually at expert trades, what we do is we target and if you listen to this and you're a member, you might not be this demo, but this is who we run Facebook ads to as an example. We run Facebook ads to the 28 to 37-year-old heating engineer based in certain areas of the country that mm. like certain pages. We build customer personas and we name them, which means we can be really targeted with our marketing comms. Anything else on your side of this for customer segments?
1: Uh, no, you basically covered it all, but it says for whom I'll be creating value uh, and who are our most important customers. And then it just gives you examples of mass market niche market, segmented, diversified, and multi-sided platform. That one was a bit confusing, not sure what that one is, but but yeah, mass market and niche market, I think is the the most clear. Yeah, I think the way to think about a multi-sided platform easiest is like Airbnb, it's like
0: a marketplace, um, uh, okay. because you might okay. have two yeah, very okay. clear different customer segments you run after. You're going to people that rent properties, and mm-hmm. then people that yeah. uh, have properties to rent as an example, uh, that's they're like really complex business models, multi mm-hmm. sided platforms. But they're the ones that, when you get them right, the flywheel kicks in, yep. um, and in in theory, you can get to scale a, a little bit quicker because one side of the market refers to the other side, and vice versa. Uh, probably another one for another day. Uh, next one, mate. Uh, let's do customer relationships. Okay. Yep. So we've got,
1: uh, and where does this sit on the canvas? Like, give me an idea. So value prop was down the middle. Yep. Customer segments was way over on the right-hand side, and Customer relations is one block in. Perfect. So this is all the customer-facing activity right now. The right-hand side of this
0: yep. is all the customer-facing things that we need to know and think about. So right now, we've got the value proposition nailed down. We understand the personas of the people that we're running this at. And we need to understand how are those customers actually going to interact with us? So how do our customers uh, deal with us on a day-to-day basis? So examples like, is it a in-person consultative thing that you're doing? Uh, Are you doing it purely online? Are you doing it through events? Are you doing it through live chat on phone? How do your your customers communicate with your business? Anything else that you wanna add on to that,
1: H? No, again, you're absolutely nailing this. Um, (laughs) What type of relationship does each of our customer segments expect us to establish and maintain with them? Uh, Which ones have we established, a couple more. Uh, And then examples are personal assistants, dedicated personal assistants, self-service automated services Et cetera.
0: I really like the fact that I can like speak it, and then you can validate it and check it
1: because mm. this is it's a cool. Dynamic. So, what have you? Are you have you got a document that you did yourself? I've got,
0: you- I've got I've got notes that I've done some research on this show because I want to. This is so important for people to get right mm. uh, because it should impact the speed at which they get stuff done within the business. Um, and I guess one thing to think about when you're speaking about customer relationships is map out that user journey. Mm. Um, there's some really good stuff off a post off Medium that, I, that these, some of these insights are from, uh, but. One of their examples was map out a customer journey and understand at which points of that journey, how that customer wants to interact with you that's native to them, not how you want to do it. Don't try and change habits and and behaviors. When a customer has an issue when they're doing this, I don't know, you sell, like with us, you're selling a website package. We we want it all to be online. Mm -hmm. They don't want to go through live chat with the website. They want to call up the website team and say, can you do me a favor, can you change A, B, and C? Done. So phone is important for us as a customer
1: uh, Mm -hmm. relationship channel.
0: We've got a few more of these to get to and we'll get right to it after this break.
1: So the third, yeah, third block on the right hand side uh we've got is channels. Cool. So we
0: think about this, it's at which how, not at which, how do customers come into contact with your business? Okay. How do you get the awareness and attention of your customers? Uh, so they become aware of the products and the problem that you're solving. Uh, so there's loads of different. This is people think of this as marketing, okay? So that you can bracket this as how do I market my services to the target personas that I'm trying to get in front of? I can list loads of stuff off, and you can think about social media, uh, networking, SEO, viral marketing, blogs, Mm. all the stuff that's within the book Traction. So I do strongly (laughs) advise that people go and read that book. Uh, And even if you don't want to read the book, go onto Google and type in Traction Channels and it should give you, see the 19 or 21 different channels uh, that you can potentially get in front of your customers on. Mm. And all you need to do is read those, read the definitions and see which one is relevant to what you're trying to do as a business. Not all channels are relevant. Try and identify two, three or four that are going to be the biggest wins for your business. But this is how you get in front of your target customers
1: yeah this one's actually quite interesting so i think it's worth me just reading through these um again you'll see it when you go onto the document but it says through which channels do our customers customer segments uh, want to be reached how are we reaching them now how are our channels integrated which one works best which ones are most cost efficient and how are we integrating them with customer routines but then interestingly enough below that it's got channel phases yep So you've got awareness, evaluation, purchase, delivery, and after sales. And then it's got like, how do we raise awareness? How do we help customers evaluate and so on? So there's just some very key information in there.
0: No, it's a really good point because the way that you market and communicate to your customers, so this is like an overlap. This is how do you get in front of your customers from the awareness perspective? And then how do you onboard them and create user journeys? And that gets into the customer relationships. How are you doing that? Live chat, email sequencing, like all that good mm. stuff. These, this is why it's so important to, to write them down and get your user journey nailed. So what I'd probably do is on the back of your business model canvas is to write down the perfect journey you want your customers to go through and then just draw stems off that. Great, what I want to do is get them on the phone. How do I get them on the phone? What's the marketing channel I use to do that? When they're on the phone, then how do I communicate to them? Is it via email, text, WhatsApp, mm. whatever it is. Pretty good point.
1: Yeah, literally just follow it. Like you say, if you flip it over and just write down these different phases, that is your customer journey. Cool. Literally exactly what it is.
0: And guys, use this podcast as you work through it. So uh, I'll probably, in the opener of this, as we have the openers now, I'll probably try and make sure that you listen to this show when you've got time to print this off and work through it uh, because this should be a play-pause episode. You should be working through this, challenging our thoughts, our process, documenting your questions down. By the end of this episode, you should have this this canvas completely nailed down.
1: Um, Just... How obviously, I guess the more you write down, the better. But, like, for someone that thinks, Oh, I don't really want to be writing essays, yep, is how much detail. I guess the more detail you can write, the better. But some of these things, like your customer segments, niche market, I guess you just it's just like a one liner. But I think, um, the channels one feels like you're gonna need to spend a bit of time with it, yep, like how, how long. How, how long would you expect to take to kind of fill out this whole thing? Because there's quite a lot to look at or at least think about. I think one of the things
0: that I covered off earlier, which was even if you're in business now, you should do this. I personally think this is something you should revisit okay. because as, you, as your business like iterates and pivots and mm. you learn more, the way this is all theory right now. Mm. And there's, I love the Mike Tyson quote, which everyone's got a plan until you get punched in the face. So when you launch a business, the market punches you in the face and it just knocks your plans. So one, you should revisit it. As a, as a task, what I think people should probably do is... I can't remember how many segments there are and you might be able to count them, but let's just say you allocated 10. Nine,
1: off. there's nine segments. So
0: let's just say you allocated 10 minutes per segment is just to get your initial thoughts down on paper. 10 minutes is a lot to spend on some of, these, some of these items, but 10 minutes, which is 90 minutes, so an hour and a half. So if you go through this and spend an hour and a half of your time just to get initial thoughts down, what we're not trying to do is write a business plan. Like mm-hmm. a business plan can take days and weeks. What we're trying to do is like initial validation which is if I spend an hour and a half on this idea, I've just walked down the street and I think there's a business here. I I open the business model canvas and I go, cool. I'm going to spend 90 minutes on trying to validate this in my head. If it feels like there's some meat here, I then go and spend more time on it. Hmm. And that's when it becomes as long as a piece of string. But don't get too caught up on spending days on this stuff. Allocate some time, throw everything down on paper with your initial thoughts
1: and then see where you stand. Cool. Key activities. Key activities. Is the okay. next one i want to go through cool. so so we've now moved on to kind of the, le- the left hand side of this now so
0: uh, there's a really good definition that I found the in internet for this which is the key activities of your business slash product are the actions that your business undertakes to achieve the value proposition for your customers so this is physically what you are doing as a business to to create and deliver that value for the customers so the questions that i've got in front of me are what activities does the business undertake in achieving the value proposition of the customer? Sort of like I repeat of the first mm-hmm. bit. Uh, what is the resource used? How much time does it take? What does distribution of that product look like? Is there any technical expertise or development that's needed? What is the strategy to implement that? Strategy is an activity. Have you got anything else in front of you? Uh,
1: no, same thing. Activities, um, what, what key activities do our... I- value propositions require, distribution channels, customer relations, revenue streams, uh, and then categories we've got is like production, problem solving, platform and network.
0: Perfect, like it. Uh, which takes us on to something that sits sort of adjacent to this, so that's the stuff you need to do. Uh, and then what you need to work out is what are the key resources you need within the business to mm-hmm. actually make that stuff happen. Uh, so key, re- key resources are the sort of the practical things that you need to get business done.
1: Yeah, this is very similar to the activities, even in... It says, what key resources do our value propositions require? Distribution channels, customer relations, revenue streams. So it's very, very much the same.
0: So the way to think about this as a a differential is the key activities are the stuff that you do. Uh, So that might be, as a distribution channel, we need a... um, So key activity, we, we need a distribution partner to get it from... Uh, the logistics company to the customer within three days. Key activity. That's an example. Uh, the key re- resources will physically come down to. Mm. Uh, we need a van to get that distribution to happen. Yeah. Okay, so we need a van. We need an office space. We've got a website. We need some hosting. Uh, all of a su- we need a van driver. We need a van driver. <laughs> all of a sudden, we've got a. Uh, we're doing a local food delivery, mm. and we're doing it on scooters. Uh, we'll talk about scooters on a future episode. Actually, it's going to be a nice little plug. All of a sudden, we need to go and buy ten electric scooters because that's the thing that makes us different. We get there faster. Yeah. Um, so they're the things that you physically need to start the business up, basically, and deliver the value.
1: Yeah, types of resources it's got here is physical, intellectual, such as brand, patents, copyrights, and data, mm-hmm. human, and financial.
0: Like it. Yours is much more abbreviated than mine. I like it. It's good. Uh, and then I believe we've got three more, H. We've got key partners. Yep. So definition I've got in front of me, which is key partners are a list of external companies, suppliers, or parties that you may need to achieve your key activities and deliver value to the customer. So it says, actually, it, it kind of moves into the, the thought process of if my business cannot achieve the value proposition alone, who else do I rely on to deliver it? So... What might happen is you might have a very technical team, as an example. You might have an amazing product, but everyone knows that an amazing product that doesn't get in front of the right customer is worthless, you'll never get any money. So what you might say is we're a fantastic, our USP is we're an amazing agency, that we build great product. Mm. We don't have to sell and market it. So what I need actually is I've got an app that does quoting invoicing for tradespeople. I might have said back in the day, I need zero the accountancy platform, I need to get our app into their marketplace. Mm -hmm. So that's how I get new distribution. Um, More examples of key partners might be uh, if we packaged and sold data. So let's just say we are, what's the name of the company that sold? Is it ClearScore? Is that the one that sold? So ClearScore used to buy data from Experian, which is a credit referencing agency. So what they're saying is actually, we can't be in business if we don't buy the data from Experian and repackage it up. So their their key partner is we need a relationship with Experian because we package their data and we sell it or we monetize it in new different ways. They don't have a business without that data. Uh, Last example might be uh, I sell, let's just say in our app, our only revenue model was selling building materials. I need a partner who physically Mm. has building materials to sell so I can get them into the app. Otherwise I, I don't make any money and I'm out of business. What have you got in front of you?
1: Yeah, I feel like your explanation had a bit more context. Cause this just this says key partners. Who are our key part who who are our key partners? Who are our key suppliers? Which key resources are we acquiring from partners? Which key activities do partners perform? And then motivations for partnerships, optimization and economy reduction of risk and uncertainty, acquisition of particular resources and activities. That,
0: that's one I don't have in front of me that's really interesting to think about the motivation. So when you're trying to build the business, is you might go, great, what I need is I need, uh, I need zero to put me in their marketplace. Why would they? Okay, mm. uh, well, we're gonna bring thousands of tradespeople into our app that will then buy a zero license. So my pitch to zero is you should become a partner of ours because we're gonna bring you new people that will buy your accountancy software
1: down the line. And is this sort of hypothetical then, as in like who, who would you like to be a key partner? Two different things. Who would you like to be a key partner is one. The real one you need
0: to get down on this canvas is is there anyone that you need that would, if you don't have it in place, means you couldn't be in business, okay? Mm. So it's like, is there anything that you need to establish before you turn the lights on and say we're in business? Mm. Okay, that's the key focus for this right now. Or is everything in house, and you can speak to your customers and sell it yourself, and then you don't rely on anyone else? Then everything else becomes an increased distribution channel. Makes sense. Okay. Cool. Last two H. We've got. I think we've got two left. Yep. We've got. Which are the two you've got in front
1: of you? Cost structure and revenue streams. Now these these two are on the bottom of this board. Yep. Adjacent to each other.
0: So cost structure. This is. The physical cost, the monetary value it takes for you to run your business, simple as that. Uh, and then we've got we've got fixed costs and we've got variable costs, uh, which I don't think it gets into on the document, but it's what to think about. As in for you to be in business without making any revenue, what is it gonna cost you? So an example with, uh, let's just say we're a two person company, me and UH, and we get no clients, the cost of this business are gonna be hosting for our website that we've got up as an example Uh, if we've got a salary that we take regardless of whether we're winning a business that is a cost to the business variable costs look at stuff like marketing so one we can dial marketing on and off we also have cost of goods sold so you only have to worry about costs of goods sold so let's say we make a physical product and to make that product and I'm looking around my, so I've got this weird duck plug weir so we, we sell these ducks now H me and you uh, and it it costs us I just dropped the duck brilliant it costs us a pound to make it in materials that's a variable cost because we only uh-huh. pay that pound when we sell it okay yeah. so they're the different cost structures and you have to think about stuff like the legal cost structures. Is there any stuff that you need to go through? Patents and shareholders agreements, insurances. Uh, think about
1: all the costs it takes for you to keep the lights on in your business. Anything you've got in front of you? Yeah, I've got some quite interesting bits actually. Um, so we've got what are the most important costs inherent in our business model. Which key resources are most expensive, and which key activities are most which key activities are most expensive? Uh, sample characteristics which is what you gave Fixed cost, variable cost okay. Economies of scale and economies of scope uh, But then an interesting one Here is is your business More cost driven Or value driven So it's got uh, cost driven Leanest cost structure, low price value Proposition, maximum automation Extensive outsourcing or value Driven which is focused on value creation Premium value proposition So there was a couple of things there that I thought were interesting. Cost versus value, I think, is a, is a
0: really key identifier to what market you're in. I think if you've done the previous steps correctly, that'd be a really easy question to answer. Okay. As in, if you're uh, if you're going sort of relatively mass market, big scope of people, uh, large marketing budget, and you're, gonna, you're not going to be working on a strong value product. Like, you're going to be p- potential. and I'm really generalizing, mm. but you're going to be working on smaller margins, selling more product, yep. or is it we sell less widgets and we make more margin? That
1: that would be that would be a very niche market that you focus on in the first place, and then there's a premium that you add to it, which is more value driven. Value, hundred percent.
0: And then nailed it, mate. Uh, And then you've got the the second thing you said, which is interesting: economies of scale. Which is uh, actually, when we're in business, the most the most expensive time to create your product is the first product you ever make because you've got the research, the development, Mm. the prototyping, all that good stuff. Uh, As your customer base goes up and you sell more widgets. You benefit of what's called economies of scale so your your costs so you might spend a hundred pounds on materials to make this widget because you make one but when you make a thousand it becomes ten pounds because you're buying more Mm -hmm. stuff so you have to sort of stay top of mind in terms of the most expensive time and the, the the time it's gonna have the highest cost of goods is day one does this change over time or is it to throw back to a previous show is it a linear scale which is Actually, as I increase revenue, my costs just increase hmm. relatively in line.
1: What is economies of scope? To
0: be honest, I've never heard of that, but I'm going to make an assumption now and I'm going to Google it afterwards. My my assumption is is economies of scope, uh, and you're going to Google it now, aren't you? Mm-hmm. Uh, so this is going to be an interesting one. Is Economies of scale is as you increase the number of widgets you sell, you benefit from a higher buying power. I assume that economies of scope is as you increase your customer base and you add more services to your line of work, is you benefit from having a established customer base that you, you make more margin from across an, a larger range of products.
1: That's, yeah, that, I think that's right.
0: Can you read out what edition
1: you've you, got in front of you? I was, I was half listening to you, but I, yeah. heard, I heard range of products. Increased range of products. Yeah, so economies of scope are efficiencies formed by variety, not volume. For example, a gas station that sells gasoline can sell soda, milk, baked goods, etc., through their customer service representatives and thus achieving gasoline companies. Th- and thus achieve. What? Okay, yeah, that got weird, but basically they achieve economies of scope by selling more products than just the fuel
0: yeah go to gas station they're probably not making a huge margin on the fuel mm-hmm. but you go in you buy a Red Bull for two quid you buy a chocolate bar for seven it's uh, the cinema
1: they, they charge you five pounds for a bag of MMs. great
0: example economies of scope uh, yeah cool nailed it both of us sweet uh, the cinema is a great example uh, economies of scope is they monetize you in other ways mm-hmm. Simpl- like really like that every day is a school day last one for us to cover off H uh, is the revenue streams So this is very simply defined as the way that you convert your value proposition into financial gain for the business. So you've found a pain point, you've packaged it up into a product or service, and then how are you actually charging for that product or service? So there's lots of different models here and we could have a whole show on the the pros and cons of each. Uh, So you've got uh, a fixed rate service, subscriptions, uh, you might have a freemium model. So if you mm-hmm. look at services like ours, our app is freemium. 10 quotes, 10 invoices, 10 certs for free. Uh, and then, actually, that's not really freemium. That's not really no, freemium it's not. It used to be. I remember it, you, we used to have a freemium model, didn't we? Yeah. Um, and then, but now it's sort of like a, it's like a try it, before you buy. It,
1: fr- yeah, free, free to download and test and try, yeah. A free demo.
0: Cool. Uh, what else have you got in front of you in terms of different revenues? Uh,
1: so, yeah, so I've got the different questions. What do they currently pay? How are they currently paying? How would they prefer to pay? Uh, But then we've got different types. We've got types, which is asset sale, usage fee, subscription fees, licensing, and more. Uh, Then we've got fixed pricing, which is list price, product feature dependent, customer segment dependent, volume dependent, Uh, and then dynamic pricing, which is negotiation. Yield management and real-time market.
0: Yeah, so some of those stuff was interesting. You know, it sounds confusing, but let's just put I a kind real. kind of actually, yeah, makes sense. Put a real-world example on. it. If you look at something like Slack, like you pay per user per month. So as as usage increases, value for the company increases. So it's their way of extracting more value out of the company based on real world value creation. So actually, one thing I like about Slack as a side note is uh, we don't pay for it, but when we did, is if you had a, an account in your system that didn't use Slack that month, they didn't bill you for it. It was like, we only charge you for active mm, users. That's cool. And it's there, it was a nice easy way for them to sell the product in, which is like, guys, you're only gonna pay when people use it. Literally, even if you pay for 1,000 seats and only 400 of your staff use it, you're only gonna get billed for that 400 mm. people that are driving value for. Um, so there's, there's loads of different ways to sort of cut this up. Uh, And what I I tend to find with lots of new startups as I speak to them is they kind of, they're always trying to reinvent the pricing model. I would say, as you go through this exercise, don't try and create something new because it's too hard to communicate to customers. So try and, and, like I just did with Slack as a reference point, when you're trying to think of this, a new business, you tend to sort of also get caught of trying to redevelop the wheel, like everything's Mm -hmm. new. Uh, There are established pricing strategies out there I would strongly advise because we've we've gone through this before as a company is like trying to develop our own way of pricing our services, uh, copy and paste something that's there, and then see if it works before you try and re- Otherwise, you're gonna you're trying to boil the ocean sort of thing. You're trying to do too much work. Um, cool. H, anything else for you on this? Does this make sense for you?
1: Uh, yeah, actually. To be fair, I'm really impressed with the document. Um, like I get, I understand now why you said that. When you kind of know this, you can analyze a product or or something more because you can because if we just go through what we did just now and you think about okay the value proposition when someone says oh i've got this thing and you already know, okay, what's the value prop? It's saving me time by doing X. Okay, so who could I sell that to? Well, it's quite a niche product because it only serves these type of customers. Like you can literally go through all yeah. of those boxes. So you're creating something
0: for videographers, so that's my target market. Mm-hmm. And then you go, where do videographers hang out? Mm-hmm. That's that- online, what they're used to, subscription service, like all these things. You can, that, yeah. You can define it and then you can come up with mm-hmm. a plan and then you can start to flush it out even more. Do you know what's really sad? I may as well say it. But one thing that I used to do for this, and this is all about building the muscle up of trying to Mm -hmm. think about business in this way, is every time I used to watch The Dragon's Den, every time a pitch came on, I would build the business model canvas for that company. I'd probably do it once a show, not for every... So I'd pick one of the ones I liked Mm -hmm. out of it, and then I'd say, cool, that's a cool business. If I'm that founder CEO and I've come up with this idea either map out their business because it just gets you thinking.
1: Did you do that? Did you pause it and then do the map and then see if they hit the same notes as you? No, I watched the whole show
0: and then thought that was a cool one and I'll pick that one up because I, I like to, because I was learning at the time, I like to use the, the dragon's questions and feedback. It's like, ah, oh, okay. didn't think about that. So I'm, that influences the customer relationships that I'm going mm. down. That's a really good point. So I'll, I'll put that into my canvas and that just, then it just becomes like muscle memory over time. And it's, it's quite fun. I do it for, I, then I did it to the shark tank. So I prefer shark tank actually. It's just American. It's a bit more like mm. in your face about it all.
1: <laughs> cool. Uh, again, hopefully that's been like really informative for people. If they want to see this, I'm going to put the link to this search in the show notes. Uh, it looks like it's from, if you if you go to wikipedia and search business model canvas that's the image that is it's got on there anyway so it's got i think you can actually drop important. it
0: into the group as a file if you save the file you can oh, drop yeah. it to group as a file yeah, so I'll, guys on that note do that. i'll save this image head over to facebook search for startup diary club to join the community and if you have any questions h how do they fire
1: they email startup diary at nbs.fm that's startup diary at nbs stands for no bullshit.fm
0: that's a new network of shows that we're creating in partnership with some members of our community we can't wait to launch the new shows to you on that note don't forget to hit that subscribe button if you've made your way through to the end of this show and we look forward to seeing you on wednesday